The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is this is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk and always co-hosting Eric Glove from Diego. You that Glove? I'm here, love. It's, it's about 82 degrees out here, nice, warm, and sunny. You know, kind of like the weather in Miami. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. And hosting always with a two, P from San Francisco. You that, P? Yep, P's here. P, stop calling in and talk about P is Francisco. You P from hosting, right, P? <laughs> no, actually, um... Well, you know me as being from San Francisco, but I'm actually East Bay now, so. Where are you at now, P? Antioch. Antioch, okay. We'll go with P from Antioch, right, Glove? From Antioch. Hey, P from Antioch slash Miami. Thank you. <laughs> but you know what, P? We got, we got some things for you later on, Glove. I remember you asked me with P or Colin because we had a little question for you, that turning client stuff and all that. But uh, we're going to start off. I'm going to let you guys start off, and, 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 and Glove, you said it. Let P work me and handle this. Go ahead, P. First, I just want to give a shout-out to all the Heat fans out there, to those of us who, even when we were down in the Chicago series, tied with Indiana, you know, went down in the Spurs. We still, can't, I mean, I know I always believe that they weren't going to lose four games. And so I'm just thankful that they didn't. We went seven, which we haven't seen the finals go seven in a while. But it went seven, and they won four, and that's what it took to get a championship. So congrats to the Miami Heat. What do you say, Glove? Hey, way to go, Pete. Very eloquently spoken from a Miami Heat fan. You know what? I made the comment the show before the Thursday night game that if LeBron gets some help, they'll win. If he didn't get any help, they'll lose. And thank God, I don't know what need Dwayne Wade put in. And, you know, Shane Battier finally found his shot. And people were in the right place at the right time. But LeBron showed why he's the best player on the planet currently by how he finished up that game. They played off of him, forcing him to shoot the jump shot, and he stepped up and knocked the jump shots down like an MVP and a championship. So hats off to the coaching staff and, and the fans of Miami and the fans all around the world, like P said, and most of all, hats off to LeBron for a job well done. Way to be a court general. But you know what, Glove, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to agree with P because it's not going to happen. 
I'm gonna agree with you. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I I agree with LeBron what he did. You know, he had a hell of a. You know, he showed. You know, but he still got a little more work to be like a Jordan and a Bird and a Magic to take over the game because he should took over a game five and six. But hats off to him, you know. And um, you know, you know what I'm saying, Glove. He was he was a true champion, and he showed that that is his team. You know, don't let Pete know I'm saying it, Glove. I know I should have these newer, but um, you know, hats off to him, Pete. You know. And and like what you were saying, Pete, that team, you know, is it's a, it's a hell of a team, and you know, they show, you know, Curtis, they should have lost Game Six. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Yeah, ahead, that Pete. was the game. You know, I mean, Ray Allen, that shot will always be just like go down. You know, but again, in order to even get to that shot, LeBron got 18 points in that fourth quarter. So. You know, my little brother, who is a Laker fan, he kept saying, no, Ray Allen won that game. He's, you know, it was his shot. Yeah, his shot was clutch, but if LeBron had only gotten 16 points in that fourth quarter, that shot wasn't that. You know, it took, it took all of them. I think that game, um, Chalmers had stepped up that game. You know, Miller had stepped up, gotten points. So it was like that win, they needed – Every single free throw, every single, you know, basket, and LeBron's 18 points in the fourth quarter in game six. So, you know, I think, it, you know, I think he still does need to establish that, that killer instinct that we talk about, like Magic had, I mean, Michael had and Kobe has, like at the end of the game, he'll take it over. And I'm hoping that LeBron, you know, each year he'll get more comfortable and we'll see that from him. But I do think that's a part of the game that a lot of people, you know, can criticize him on. But I think as he gets more comfortable and he's, you know, his play is backing up his greatness, it's gonna, we're going to see that more from him. Pete, let me turn it another way. You know, Glove, I want to turn it towards you. I want to start it. I want you to jump in, P. after Glove started. Uh, me and Glove talked about it. I said, you know, I have nothing against LeBron. I think I, got, I fell into that same thing. I was hating LeBron for some stupid stuff. But then we talked about the Glove, and you talked about, you know, kids came in and we talked about, Remember that story you told me today, Glove? Yeah. I yeah, think I everybody's coming. setting themselves up for that same thing. And and I sat back and listened to you, Glove, and said, man, a man had the right to go on where he want to go, what he wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? So talk about that, Glove, and then Pete, chime in, you know, and say what. You know, because okay. everybody is hating LeBron for some stupid reasons. And I was one of those stupid persons, and I got to admit, you know, and I was hating that. I don't know what we say, Glove, that, that arrogance is, but, you know, yeah. they can turn it on. Eric, Go ahead, Glove. Well, what, what we were talking about is everybody was upset with LeBron about how he went about the process, saying he had knew initially that he was signing in Miami, but he strung everybody along, you know, for however long it was, two weeks, three weeks, whatever the time frame was. He had strung people along when he knew all along he was going to Miami. The one argument that everybody always have is that athletes never finish their contract. They get to the middle of their contract, and they want more money, you know, and then it becomes a big old media back and forth between the front office and the athlete. Well, here it is. Here was an athlete that finished out his contract. He went to the front office and said, hey, get me some players down here in Cleveland, and I'll stay. They chose not to. So he had to take it upon himself to go somewhere where he was wanted, one, where he had some players around, and two, 
that was going to put him in a position to win a championship. And that's what he did in Miami. He went where there was an established player in Dwayne Wade and some other role players. They brought in Boss, and they brought in some other key elements, and now they're back-to-back championships. But everybody's still stuck on the fact that he strung them along, but he didn't really string them along. If you have a life, you shouldn't have been sitting in front of the TV worrying about where LeBron was going. Because guess what? Regardless of what you did that day or any time those shows were on TV, they was going to replay it over and over and over. So people are upset with the fact that they sacrificed some of their life for the reason or the answer that they already knew. Yeah, I think I mean, based on the day when he had when he made that decision, um, I still hear that too from people like, well, you know, he he had to take TV, you know, had a whole special show, and he had to tell us where he was going. And my thing is, first off, I'm sure he didn't sit around and think of a way to. I'm sure the media thought of that. ESPN got together and they're like, okay, let's make a big show out of this. And yes, at 25 years old, he's still young. You know, he chose, okay, I'm going to go on TV and publicize where I'm going instead of him hailing a difference. So one, I think people have to remember, he was like 24 or 25 at that time when that happened. This is still a young man who's going to make mistakes and bad decisions. And he'll even admit today that he should have done that differently. You know, not had a whole big circus and a show a special, you know, airing to, to tell everyone where he was going. So I just think he learned from that. And... You know, I mean, I think when you look at the white, think of like the White Howard back in Orlando when he was there. Every after every game, it was like a little toy with him with the media. White, are you going to stay with Orlando? Are you going to try and leave? How, how's your relationship with the coach? And the white, like every night, was making a big thing. Like after every game, and my thing is like that's more of a distraction on your team versus LeBron, who's waiting until his contract ends, waiting until that time then, you know, meeting with whoever he needs to meet with and then come up with his decision. But people don't even mention how, like, Dwight was acting like a kid in Orlando and it was such a big deal for him. And even now with him, you know, in L.A., it's still this thing, oh, I don't know, I'll let you know when I know. And I just think I actually respect LeBron more, let the contract end, he went and thought about it, and then he, you know, decided where he was going to play at. So I think people just need to get over that, that whole Cleveland, the whole Cleveland when he left Cleveland. No, I, I totally, I totally agree with everything she just said. I mean, you know, if the man finishes out his contract, like she said, the man is a young. He's still young when it comes to being a man, and he's still young when it comes to being in, in the league. So if people approach him to do something, you know, that's going to better his career, he takes advantage of it. You can't fault the young man with power for, you know, flexing his power. I don't have a problem with him. I think he's it's wonderful. But there's other people out there, like I said, you know, that, that seem to have an issue with it. And and I just hope he continues to do what he's doing and get better every year. And I think, like you say, Glove, everybody got to sit back and think about it. You can't have a problem with LeBron there. You know what I'm saying? You know, you look at it and say, okay, it was but. You look at about he had that choice to do that. But everybody get mad because he's such a superstar and like you say when that one kid like you know, he hate LeBron. What you hate him for? What did he do to that kid, Glove? Tell me. Right. The kid the kid don't even the kid don't know him. The kid only knows what his parents told him. You know exactly. exactly. Before you finish, Glove, I wanna cut you off because remember we talked about that remember Wesley Walker with his wife? Remember that? Yeah. Yes, she made yes. those comments. 
that came from home, right? Yes. <laughs> Go you're ahead, absolutely love. right, kids. No, you're right. You're right. When Wes Walker is making, and and he saw, you know, Levin's talking about when Wes Walker was making comments about Ray Lewis. How is he? How is he? You know, a role model when he's a murderer, and he oh. have multiple <laughs> kids by different women and things like that. What what does that have to do with football? And and why is this said after you guys lost? It makes me seem like you're a sore loser. Now that you lost. Now you want to lash out because you couldn't beat him. Well, he's a murderer. How could people really look up to him and, you know, things like that? So you, you, in my book, you're a sore loser. Now, here it is. You know what James is talking about. I took my daughter to basketball camp, and one of the coaches was asking the kids if they watched the series, and the kids said, yeah, but I didn't like Miami Heat, and I don't like LeBron James. I'm like, you know, little kid, you're only seven years old. You can't even spell LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and that's exactly. what you know. Right, exactly. So you know, and I just you know, it's funny because a lot of times when I'm hearing it, it's either from Laker fans or it's Chicago Bull fans who still are all on Michael Jordan. And you know, I don't hear comments from my OKC fans or my Please. Spurs fans. People, it's it's the Laker people and it's the Bulls people. It seems like that I'm here that I hear it from, Please. and I think because. LeBron is as good as he is, and to be, you know, compared to Kobe or to be compared to Michael, I, you know, I think it's more about they don't like that comparison if they would actually admit that versus saying, oh, I don't like the way he made the announcement. That's not really what's irking people. That's not. Because people, most people, one, weren't even watching. Okay, like Glove said, everybody else has jobs. They have stuff to do. I guarantee you a lot of people who weren't really even caring weren't sitting there tuned in to ESPN for that hour. You know, it's the people who are just down, deep down, they're just mad that he's now, you know, rising up and being talked in the same conversation as being on the level of Kobe and on the level of a Michael. And I think that's what it is. Well, this is what we'll do. We're going to go to break. And when we come back, we'll finish that. I'm not going to let you talk about Michael P. But anyway, <laughs> we posted here the show today where we're going to do, like, um, you know, people that responded in, retest, but we got a better show than that. So, this is James Loving with Eric Love and P from Antioch, right, Love? P from P, 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 Antioch slash Miami. <laughs> and we'll be right back. And we got a great show today. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. 
Daryl and Sam had the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football is Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving with Black Host Loving That Sports Talk. And I'll wait. Glovey Glove. Diego, you there, Glove? Yeah, I'm here, Love. I like that, Glove. We got, man, it's a good show today, you know. And we got P hosting, not calling in from, you know. P, you there? Yeah, P's here. <laughs> well, um, let's get a little bit more about, you know, basketball. I, I wanted to get in a little something, but the second half, I want to talk about football, a bunch of stuff going on with that, with players, but... You know, Glove, I talked to you. I didn't get a chance to talk to you, Pete, because you wouldn't answer your phone. That's all right. Uh, hey, uh, Antoine Walker talked about he want to coach the Celtics. What is going on with that, guys? Antoine Walker is saying he wants to coach the Celtics? Yeah. I mean, where has he been for, like, the past six or seven years? I don't even think he's been, like, assistant coaching anywhere. How... <laughs> That's, I mean, that's, you know, I already think when I heard that Jason Kidd had, you know, he's talking to the Nets, I was like, okay, you just announced your retirement. Like, two days later, they're signing you as a head coach. You know, I mean, that's the Nets prerogative they want to do that. Yes, he's one of the, you know, great point guard, but I think I would want him to get some kind of, like, other coaching experience other than saying, oh, he's been a great point guard. You know, like, let him be an assistant or, you know, a coach on their staff. So, Antoine Walker, I don't. I don't. I don't think Celtics are going to do that. Go from Doc Rivers to Antoine Walker. That would be a bad move. But you know, some Pete, before you start, glove. All these players feel now that Jason Kidd got this job. Everybody going to coaching because you played. That will make you a coach. Am I right, glove? Right, 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 right. Think, think in terms of, you know, some of the some of the better players that played, like like a Magic, like a Larry Bird, like an Isaiah Thomas you know, guys of that caliber and how they did when they uh, came out and coached. 
it didn't work out because the mindset that they had is different from the younger guys. You know, the way they played, the game has changed. The game's went another direction from when they were playing. You know, now with, with Jason Kidd, with Jason Kidd getting a, an opportunity to come off the, the court and go into a suit and coach, now it opens up the door for, like you say, guys like Antoine Walker, who just makes the assumption without having any, you know, any coaching experience, he feels that he should get a job. But also remember, Antoine Walker also made about $150 million, and now the guy is dead broke. So would you really want somebody irresponsible coaching your franchise, like an Antoine Walker? Do you agree with that, Peter? These players not coming out, everybody want to be a coach? Oh, yeah. I think once, especially Jason Kidd, I mean, he, he did it so quickly. I mean, you can look up Brian Shaw finally just got his head coaching job. I mean, how long ago has it been since he's played? I mean, I think it's better, and definitely the Celtics as being a major city, one of the best-known basketball franchises. They, I don't see them getting someone like Anton Walker who's just been, just because he played for them doesn't mean that he could actually coach for them. I mean, they'll probably look for a coach with a name. Boston would, I would think, because that's such one of the, you know, high-profile teams. But, yeah, you're probably going to see a lot more players now coming out thinking, you know, I can go coach. If Jason Kidd can do it, I can do it. But as an organization, if I was an owner, I I know I wouldn't be hiring someone who just finished playing. You'd have to show me first that you know how to coach. (laughs) Oh, I'm totally, totally, I mean, think about it. There's guys out there like Brian Shaw who just got a head coaching job that coached under Phil Jackson for, what, six, eight years. Uh There's Byron Scott who's been coaching, you know, head coaching job on multiple teams that's out of coaching. I think he may have just got hired or is about to get hired. You know, Lionel Hollins just stepped down from Memphis after taking Memphis to their first playoff series in franchise history. I mean, there's all kind of guys out there sitting on benches that have been tutoring under coaches, head coaches that have been good, and then here it is, you're going to have guys who who stepped away from the game, who haven't had anything to do with the game for five or ten years, and now because nothing else in their life is going on, now they want to step back into the game and think they can just come in and coach. It's, it's, one, they don't have the experience, and, and two, I think they uh, need to put some of those hallucinogens down because there's no way – any owner will put their multi-billion-dollar franchise in the hand of someone, you know, shockingly, Jason Kidd got it, regardless of how good he is the point guard, but it's still a shock for them to make him a head coach with no experience. So for me, that seems like it's just an accident waiting to happen. If he lasts two years, it would be two years longer than I thought he would. I totally agree with you as well. Like Brian Shaw has been there with the Lakers. Championship team and still haven't got a job. Why is that? You know, what is it these players like a Jason Kidd, you know, Antoine Walker come in and say they want a job. You know, they had um, A.B. A.B. Johnson got a job, you know, just because he's on a championship team. What is it about Brian Shaw, guys? I mean, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, Brian Shaw, I think uh, Byron Scott, he got fired quickly, I think, when he first went to – was it the Nets, I think, was his first head coaching? Um, or Charlotte. I think it was Charlotte. Well, wherever he was, he only had, like, one or two years, and they, like, 
right when they didn't get to the playoffs, they fire him. So even Jason Kidd, he better realize, you know what? You may think you can do this just because you were a good floor general as a player. But if they're not winning, I like Glove just said, a year or two, he'll be out of there, you know. And I don't know why it took Brian Shaw because he's from – I know he's from the Bay Area. And I know even right. back when the Warriors, before they hired Keith Smart, he had interviewed, he had interest in the Warrior job. And the Warriors' ownership passed on him. And everyone has kind of been pulling in the background for Brian Shaw to get a head coaching job. So I don't know why it's taken him so long and the owners haven't been, you know, haven't been wanting to, to take a chance with him. But he can't do any worse than some of these other ones out there. That's the way I look at it. So I'm, I'm really happy for him that he's finally getting that chance. Well, no, she's totally, I mean, she's totally right. It's, it's, it's sad that we see these guys who have been, you know, sitting under these other coaches, you know, like Phil Jackson or Mike uh Mike Brown or, or, you know, I can go through a list of coaches, you know, Doc Rivers, you know, and here it is. They got these prime assistants and then somebody like, a, you know, Jason Kidd, not taking anything from Jason Kidd because he's a heck of a player, but he just doesn't have the qualities that it takes to lead a franchise because he don't know. It's going to be a total, you know, 360 from playing point guard to managing a franchise, and that's what he has to do. He has to put the right staff underneath them you know, and, and people that trust and believe in what he's trying to put out there, you know. So that's what makes his job a little harder, whereas you have guys that's been there under guys knowing how to manage or, you know, seeing people manage. So now they have the book, you know, which is going to take to move them forward. You know, it's just one of those situations where you have to be there and see it and learn it to do it. It's not something where, you know, you're trying to – just walk in and, okay, I got it. You know, you got to have a plan, and here it is. This man is not even a month removed, and he's already at the helm of a franchise, you know, trying to put together a plan together. I just I just don't think it's a good recipe. And, I mean, you also wonder to Jason Kidd, being that it's the team he just played on, you know, these are guys he was just <laughs> on their side in the locker room as a player. You're fighting. You're trying to win games. Now, all of a sudden, this year you come back and now this is my coach. He's the one giving me the directions, the instructions. And so it's also going to be interesting to see. Now those players may be cool with him while he's a player with them, but when he's coaching and they're losing and maybe they're not buying into his, his strategy and his system, it'll be interesting to see like how that whole, that whole thing works out because it's different now that he's going to be coaching them versus these were just the guys he was actually out there playing with. So, yeah, I just – if I was that Nets owner, I would have given that. Let him go, like I said, you know, assist somewhere, get a little coaching experience, and then think about that. So that will definitely be interesting to see for the next season, how that plays out. Pete, let me uh, ask you first. I know how Glove will go, but isn't what, that's what we want, the black coaches to get these jobs. You say, okay, you know, Glove, I'm saying. That's what I want Pete to answer before you. But then – is they putting them in the position to fail? Do you think that P and then Glove? I want you to go because I know where you're going, Glove. <laughs> well, if, you know, it, okay. If you ask me an honest answer, if you ask me honestly as to why I would probably say Brian Shaw hadn't been given a chance, my initial gut response is going to be probably because he's black, and a lot of owners may not be willing to take a chance. Now that's the way I'm still thinking. And I know people are going to say, well, haven't we gotten beyond that? 
you know, it's 2013. Well, that's the question. Have we gone beyond that? Is, is it still that color thing in terms of who's coaching? You know, look at Benny Del Negro. He popped right up and was coaching um, the Clippers. I mean, it's just even in football you can get into that where now football has a lot more black head coaches, but they're still getting caught up in that. But with basketball, that still is in the back of my head as to if that was really going on with some of the owners. So, I mean, what, what do you think on that? Well, you know, for me, you're 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 going down the right road, and people do still make that same assumption. Like, well, haven't we come forward? Well, yeah, we've come forward, but we've also taken six steps back because it's like this: black coaches get one chance, be it football, be it basketball. We get one chance. If we don't do well in that one chance, then we get put back as assistants for the rest of our careers. Now, Mike Mike Brown was blessed that. He was able to leave Cleveland where they never did anything to help him. He went to the Lakers where, you know, he had a subpar team and, and the players didn't buy into what he was trying to do there. And he got rehired back in uh, Cleveland. But but let's look at Brian Shaw who coached under Phil Jackson. He was never given a fair chance. Byron Scott got the one chance. It was in New Orleans, actually. He got the chance in New Orleans, you know, and where is he at now? Avery Johnson got a chance. You know, when he was with San Antonio and I think maybe another team, New Jersey Nets, or New Jersey Nets, it wasn't San Antonio, excuse me, he got a shot with the Nets, but we get one chance and then we're done. You know, we don't we don't get to keep going franchise to franchise. But but the, the point of it is this, are they giving us what we need to win? And that's any coach. Is it is it about black and white? No, it's about give me the same opportunity and the same tools that you're giving them. You know, Popovich has been blessed with having Duncan and a nice core of players in San Antonio, you know, and Tony Parker and the other guy, I can't think of his name right there. So he's been blessed. And certain franchises have been blessed. But when you look at franchises that black coaches normally go to, you know, they're normally on the losing end of the scale and the lower end of the economics, and the owners aren't willing to put forth or put into what it takes to win. Doc Rivers is going to a situation where he's going to the Clippers, but it's known Sterling hates paying coaches. So now Doc has to do a slash slash where he's going to be the coach and part GM or something like that in order to get his money. But what does the league do now? They come in and say the Clippers can't trade with Boston for three years or something. So it's always something behind a black coach getting a coaching job, but also he never gets a second chance. And that's the problem where we've taken steps back, we're not going forward. Well, well what we're going to do, we, we, I, man, I love it. And we, we talk all day, but we got to take a break. When we come back from the break, we definitely got to talk about what's been itching and the hottest story of the day, you know. And, you know, this is going to be um, a hell of a half hour. So uh, we'll be back then next week. Uh, not actually next week, but uh, we're going to talk about it before we end the break. But the following week, we got D. Rose coming on and, uh, we're here about all Chicago, the legacy, and I love it when I talk about Chicago. And we'll have him on there, you know. We'll have ask you questions about, like what you say, uh, P and Glove, you know. LeBron, he going to talk about with LeBron, the best player, and, and having to play against all these guys. So we'll be right back, you know, me, Eric, and um, P. This is our show, you know. We'll be right back.
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving with host of Loving That Sports Talk and Hosting with me, Glovey Glove, that glove. I'm here, Diego's finest, you know, part time Miami Heat lover, Chicago Bulls hater. <laughs> and always we got um, hosting with P. Stop calling in, top of this P from California. P. Hosting, right? That's right. Like I like how the glove says, P. From California slash Miami Heat fan. But anyway, we got James on the show, not P. And Glove. <laughs> Hey, well, uh, we definitely next week will do the show with, uh, you know, answer the um, listeners the question because I got two of them very interesting for you, P, and I got three for you, Glove, so they're always on you, Glove. You know, they're like, what's wrong with Eric? You know, but we ain't going to talk about that now, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know what? You know, what I love about this show is about you, P, and Glove, you know, um, I know I'm supposed to be into, you know, everything. Sometimes I, I miss some things. And I know I got you guys to help me out to say, hey, this is what's going on. And I think, you know, that's what's good. That's why we work good as a team. And, um, Glove, you know, I'd love for you to start off with this one because I caught pieces of it. And, you know, can you start off, Glove? Okay, well, yeah, if 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 you haven't been on the rock, everybody knows that Ann Hernandez has been going back and forth with the police. She was arrested this morning. And he was just uh, at a bail hearing where he was um, up on murder charge and five gun charges. So he has a total of six charges that he's faced with. He pleaded not guilty, 
and he's being held without bail. So and, that's and the New England Patriots what, didn't waste any time in cutting him <laughs> and removing all of his merchandise from the team store. Anything that had his name on it, I read um, on the internet that they've already removed it. So they're they're not only they not only cut him, they're trying to distance themselves from him. Jerseys, everything. So I made so earlier today I made a comment. You know, me and Levin were talking this earlier today when they were going to the house. I think I called James. And I said, "Hey, they're at his house. About ten or so plus cars picked him up. You know, let him out the house in in handcuffs. You know, he was looking." like he normally does, no smile on his face. And I made a comment to James about that would be the last time he walked in that house. And James kind of chuckled saying, yeah, right. And and everything was like the snowball effect. He got arrested. He got arraigned. He was charged. He got released, you know, no bail. So everything, you know, people wonder why they were taking so long, you know, as of last week when they were saying that they had, had the the, uh, warrant for his arrest, but I told James last week, I said they're waiting to get everything lined up to make sure when they arrest this young man that he don't make it back home. And by the looks of it, he's not going to make it back home. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. When they they first last weekend had said how um, he he had a cleaning crew coming to his house, I think the day after the guy was... um, the same day or something that morning, he had had a, a cleaning crew come and clean his house. And, you know, for anybody who watches the crime shows, CSI Miami, whatever, you know, people, they may think just cleaning and having someone come in, you know, bleach your stuff down really well. But I had, I laughed because I said, you know, the police have that ethanol stuff that they spray on walls, carpets, even though you think you've cleaned it, and it will show them where blood's been. And when I heard that he had had the cleaning crew come in and then the police were in his house the next day, I was like, he may think he's gotten rid of some stuff, but they're going to find something. The fact that they had, and they even brought a dog in, I think, a couple days ago. So when they came out with that, I was like, oh, they're probably going to spray that little stuff that they spray. And if a crime, something happened in that house, they're going to be able to find it. Even if he thinks, you know, he was he covered himself by hiring a professional cleaning crew. And then he also had removed the videotape. And everything. Pete, can I cut you off for a second? Uh-huh. This is kind of what me and Glove want to make it where it's your show now, because we got questions, because you're in that field. What, as a, a person looking outside, what can we take from what the from, from what the start of the policeman did to the arrest to what they have on him? Do they have evidence? Can you, can you take us through that, Pete? Well, I think at first when they, a couple of days ago, they when they had issued the arrest for him, it was for him obstructing justice, which means he had probably he was trying to interfere with their their case. He was either hiding evidence or wasn't coming forward with you know answering their questions right. So a couple of days ago, the first thing they had on him was the that arrest was just for him obstructing justice. They it hadn't yet been for murder, which means they were probably at that time still like Love had said, building their case, getting the evidence so that they could actually. Um, try and get an arrest for his, a warrant for his arrest. So when you have the cops going in there, I mean, we've seen that every day. They brought a dog in, and they're going in his house. There must have been something there that they're thinking something took place there. Um, and then he had removed all his video, you know, the, the footage, 
video with like the security footage and stuff, that was all gone. So that probably had already made him look guilty. And once they got in there, and if they see things and they're going to start putting stuff together, a couple of days later, he's now arrested for actual murder. So I guarantee you they have some stuff on him. Because <laughs> to go from just obstructing justice, which is saying you're holding stuff, to now a count of murder, okay, they probably, they have some, they have probably have some good evidence on him. So he, I don't think we'll be seeing him play football anytime soon. No, I, I mean, like I said, this is key specialty. That's why, you know, I made the comment to you, James, you know, to ask her a question. But everything she's saying is true. I mean, they're saying he had, you know, two counts firearms, two counts, uh, I mean, two counts large firearms. Then also, which is another crazy one, they have where he didn't have a license for the two firearms, which brings the next two counts, which is four, and then, you know, the gun, which is a count itself, five, and then the murder charge, which is six, you know. But but like she said, you know, it was like they were lining up their duck by the multiple trips to the house by bringing the dog, by carrying all the bags of evidence. But, but like she said, everything he did from the start to today was guilty, you know, the cleaning crew. Or if you're not guilty, you know, I made a comment to my son because he was asking me questions. I said, why do you have a, a, a criminal lawyer and a lawyer at your house late night, you know, if you're not guilty? If you're not guilty, you don't need a lawyer to come over. You just sit in the house, and when they come get you, you know, you have your lawyer meet you down, and then you go back home. But all his actions, you know, which me and James had talked about, which was also funny, because I said, here it is. Supposedly the girlfriend, they had a tape with the girlfriend being there, which was Hernandez's daughter's auntie, which meaning Hernandez dated the sister. Where have the girls been this whole time? If the guy was killed, if they were all together that night, if they were partying and hanging out, how come we haven't heard anything from the girlfriend if she was in the car if she was at the house? So, I mean, it's still a little sketchy, which I'm sure it all will come out someday or sometime here real soon, but it's just... It's just one of them terrible situations that we talk about being a young man with too much money, you know, and, and, and not the proper guidance because this wasn't his first incident. He got into something in Miami where he shot some guy in the face, which was another charge. And then I was also reading when he was in college in Florida, he had a gun charge down there as well that was swept under the rug. So this guy's had problems in his past that we haven't heard about. And now this is the outcome right here. Yeah, I mean, with the body, you know, I haven't heard yet with the body, like how many times the guy was shot or whatever. And the police, a lot of times what they first try and do, they're going to try and get that, that any piece of that casing of that bullet and so they can find out, okay, this came from a certain type of gun. And they could have specifically been in his house looking for that, that specific type of weapon. And they're finding mm-hmm. all these guns, and if he doesn't have license... This is just adding charges they can charge him with. So, you know, I I don't know how many times the guy had been shot, or I haven't heard anything on that. But well, let let me break in. It was, it was. I think it was a nine millimeter. They found five shell cases. He was shot. I want to say at least three times. Could have been more, but I know it was. He was shot in the chest. He was shot in the back, and he was shot in the side. Hmm. So I know he was shot a minimum of three times. And they have found five uh, nine millimeter shell cases, so it's it's not looking good. It's not looking good at all. Pete, can I ask you a question? 
And I think mm-hmm. me and Glove had talked about, you know, you know, about the different things. But when, when you look at it and all what he had done, you know, the, the smashing of the cell phone security, can you change your defense to uh, accidental? Can you do that, Pete? Oh, yeah. Like later, I mean, later on, because what will happen now since he's actually been charged, he can now be working with his attorney on their their defense. And what are they going to say? You know, are they going to say maybe we're now going to hear he's going to say it was self-defense? You know, maybe now they're going to say it was accidental. So once he's now been charged, him and his attorney will now be working towards trying to come up with his, you know, his defense and what they're going to say happened. Because, you know, if they have the actual gun, it's been linked, it's his gun, and who knows what's his fingerprints on it. I mean, we don't know that type of stuff. He's now going to have to try and offer up the you know, the reasons and the explanations for that type of stuff, depending on what the police have. So, yeah, now is the point where him and his attorney will be working on So, yeah, he could end up saying self-defense. You know, we don't know that yet, but they're going to say. But that's, now is when he'll be working on that, though. Here, here's, here's, here's my question. I, hearing what you just said and, and knowing a little bit, studying some of it and working in the field and all, as long as I have, you know, how, how could he say self-defense when his actions post the shooting were all to clear up, to clean up, to hide. You know what I'm saying? How can you self-defense is, oh, I shot him, let me call the police, let me go and, you know, tell my story. Self-defense isn't, you know, trying to get the house clean, breaking the cell phone, there's no record, breaking the security cameras, trying to take the car. I, I guarantee you the car was in the driveway, and he drove the car down the street with the guy in it, to make it seem like it happened down the street. You know, then if he threw the gun in the pond that they was fishing in the other day to try to find the weapon, you know, those aren't self-defense strategies. Those are, you know, hey, I panicked. You know, we got in a fight. You know, we argued over the gun. I accidentally shot him three times. You know, I shot him once. We were still fighting. But then, like you say, the residue of how close he was when he got shot and all that had come into play. You know, an accident is oops one time. Right. You know? Could be two, but the accident ain't getting shot in the chest, or you know, it looked like it to me. It seemed like he was trying to get away. Like boom, he shot him. The guy was moving, and he shot him two more times. He was either trying to flee or coming at him. Hey, no, I, I'm no, with no, you. I My say- question to you, to you, Pete, and me and Glove talked about that. Like now, you said accident is one or two, but. When it goes from an accident, why do you come forward and say, hey, this is what happened? I know you get scared, but isn't that what we talk about with Jason Wheel? Remember that? Right, right. an accident, okay, then at first when they ask you for the evidence, well, what happened? You, you hit it like, you know, the phone and the rental car with um, Hernandez. You rent that car from And where's the girlfriend, Glove? Where are they? Yeah, where are the two sisters? Because I thought the sisters, like, they each dated... There were one was dating the the deceased and the other was dating her. Where have where are they at? Like I haven't seen them at all. That's that's the question of the day. You know, the question is to me, it's a cover up. You know, we don't know if it's a drug deal went bad or, you know, we don't know what 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 was he hitting on the sister or the sister or, you know, and, and things right. like that. But, Glove, real quick, though, to just quickly respond to what you were saying, the thing is with the, with him cleaning up and all the stuff he's done after. You know that's that's circumstantial. So in terms of, I mean, you're right. You're sounding more like a like a prosecutor. 
But on the defense side, if you're saying you're Hernandez's attorney, all the stuff that he did after, it looks like he's guilty, but that isn't necessarily going to say that it couldn't have been an accidental shooting. So him hiring the cleaning crew, you know, that's the type of stuff they're going to look at it, but he, he couldn't be found guilty of murder just for saying he wouldn't clean up. You see what I'm saying? Right. So that's the way, like, legally it, it's, it's circumstantial, and they're going to look at take all that into consideration. How come he didn't call the police? Why didn't he come forward? But I'm just saying, like, one of his defenses, if his attorney, you know, saying accidental, which it probably doesn't sound like it, but, you know, if you got a good attorney like, you know, Johnny Cochran used to be in all those top, you know, sometimes the top defense attorneys can get people off with stuff like that. So. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, do you think, here's my question for you, Pete, and, and I mean, do you think because of his celebrity status, you know, this isn't to the magnum, you know, the, the, the like this isn't the OJ trial or anything mm-hmm. like that, but do you think because of who he is as an athlete, you know, the team he played on and all that, do you think his his guilty plea, you know, that'll pay, kind of play a part in him being either guilty or not guilty because him being an athlete? Before well, you answer that, Pete, I mean, before you answer yes. that, Pete, mm-hmm. and like Love said, his celebrity status, but do you think because, like Love said, his celebrity status, but it's not like OJ or nothing like that. They stopped using that nowadays with celebrity status, right? Right. Like, you mean like if they're an athlete or something? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it will, it, what it will come down to is when they go to select a jury, say when he, if he, you know, we, maybe they're going to reach some kind of plea agreement, he may not even want to go to trial with it. But say they are going to end up down the road going to trial, that's where the attorneys, as they're picking the jury, they're going to have to try and find people by the questions that they ask. Are they going to be able to sit on that jury and be fair? You know, you probably want to make sure you don't get a New England Patriot fan, you know, a fan sitting there who's not going to be able to say he's guilty. And they may have to, you know, what you've heard of before, change of venue. They may have to change it from that location to make sure that they are getting impartial people who aren't so stuck on, oh, it's Hernandez from the Patriots, you know. So, it, you know, it will just be interesting to see, like, if he does actually, if it goes to trial. But it may not even get to that part. Well. No, I agree. Well, funny one. My son said, "What if, what if uh, they go to select the jury, and there's a bunch of uh, Jets fans on the jury?" That's just a funny one. That my son was like, "Dad, do you think it's possible that Jet fans could be on Hernandez's jury trial?" You know, I said anything's possible. You know, and and that was just a, a joke between us. But you know, I just think it's just one of those situations where. I don't see it going to trial. Mm-hmm. If, if his attorneys as good as they say he are, they are, then I think he do a plea. He do a plea deal. The only thing is, is what are the the with the, the six charges he have? What's the you know least amount of time or the maximum? Because you know he's gonna get you know if if they drop the, the charge to second degree or an accident or something like that, he still have those other four charges that may weigh more than that murder charge. And he's not going to get out of those other four charges. He can, he could drop that murder down. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, it, it, it will be funny to see too, like what evidence, what exactly did they pull from that house? Right? Like if they went in there and sprayed the stuff, 
there's signs of blood all over on the carpet. They know the man was shot there. Then they went and dumped his body. I mean, depending on what they have, like you said, Hernandez, he may not want it to actually go to trial because right. he's not going to want to have to everybody to hear the, all the details, what went on. So depending on what they have on him, like you said, he may not even be able to claim self-defense, depending on what evidence they have. And him so, being a, a New England patriot and, you know, big time back there, um, he probably, as an athlete, he may not want, want it to go to trial to get all that out, all that stuff aired out. Because then, like you said, his past, those past gun, gun charges when he shot other people, some of that might also get brought up. So he's probably, you know, like I said, it depends on what the police have. You know, he may not want it to even have to come to that. But, Pete, his past only going to come up if he's found guilty for the sentences. Am I wrong or right? Well, no. In the tr like, if they actually go to trial, they could... You know, the, the prosecution may want to call this past guy who also had been shot by him to show maybe show a pattern or to show, some you know, a pattern of what he's done in the past. Like, he's known for shooting people and then running or something. That's just an example. So if it goes to trial and he's sitting there on trial from the prosecution side, is probably going to try and find past people that he's who's seen him with guns, he shot people. So that type of stuff could come up. So he may not, Aaron, I mean, Hernandez may not want all that to come out. So then that's when he would try and avoid going to trial. My question is, is he done as a football player? Oh, you know. Because, um, you know, reputation, you know, look at um, Dante Stowers. He did a um, kill the guy, drunk driving. He was back in the league. You know, he did 30 days in jail. He's back in the league. Is he done as a football player, Pete? I mean, you know, being that he is, like they say, innocent until proven guilty, <laughs> right now he's been charged with murder. So right now, just being charged with murder, you know, if it, say it didn't go any farther, they ended up, you know, sorry, we don't have enough, whatever, he may still be able to find a team who would take him. But if he's actually, once the stuff starts coming out and, you know, if, this, if there's anything legit to the charge, he could be, he's probably done because it's murder. You know, Atlanta yeah. took Michael Vick back after the dog thing, right? But when you're talking about actually a human and a person, I guarantee teams are probably going to look away from that. They're not going to. They're not going to take a chance on you. Okay, two things. I don't. I, I like I said. I don't think the murder weighs more than the other charges. This is me personally. I think the murder gets dropped down lesser, but the, the gun charge and the, you know, no IDs for having a gun and carrying a gun, I think those outweigh the murder charge. This is me personally. Dante Stallworth killed somebody with a car. He got off. The other charges outside of the murder don't get Aaron Hernandez off. And then the other thing is, do people not watch Dexter? You know, shouldn't oh, you have plastic? I love Dexter. I love Dexter. Luminol, Luminol is what get people in trouble when, when they murder somebody. So if mm -hmm. anybody watches Dexter, they should know. Put down plastic and wear rubber. <laughs> <laughs> great, hey, great plug. That's a great plug for Showtime because Dexter Season 8 starts this weekend. I love Dexter. <laughs> Yeah, James, so he, you know, New England cut him this morning. I mean, and not only cut him, they removed the man's jerseys, everything. I mean, 
it's like we don't even want to act like he ever played for us. I mean, they acted so quickly. So, you know, there's probably a lot of teams who aren't going to want that, that whole association of him, you know, being guilty and killed someone. But, you know. The Raiders are taking The Raiders are taking him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you got to see how New England got rid of him real fast and made a statement because they didn't want that problem with their team. Am I right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They know. But like Love said, there could be one team out there who needs his hands. You know, he ends up, if he gets off and that one team may be out there saying, okay, we'll take his stats. You know, we'll deal with the other stuff. So he may the not Raiders. be finished, but he, yeah, it's definitely going to impact him. The Raiders. The Raiders. Why is that so with a killer and you got Plasco Burst shot himself, but nobody warned him? He's older. Wait, you mean He's older. Plexico? Nobody wanted Plexico? Plexico won Super Bowl for the Steelers that year. Because Plexico's black. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, so, wait, okay. Okay, so Plexico never got signed out. I thought he ended up playing somewhere. Well, he played, but they really didn't want him. You know, he should have been, you know. But that's another story. Well, guys, uh, we got to end on the show, but, hey, great show, P. And, um, uh, and like, we didn't get into the other guy that played for the uh, the Browns and what he did, but next we get in that, we get, um, this, I don't know what's going on, Glove. You tell us the listen. Say it again? I don't know what's going on with these players. I mean, you talk, what is going on with all these players? Shit, they're crazy. <laughs> what do you think, P.? They're losing their hey, making too much money, losing their minds. So this is James Loving and Eric Glover at Paul of Marks. We'll be right back next week. Another Loving and Love Sports Show. We'll be right back, guys. Thanks a lot. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.